and uh, good morning. I'll just uh, find the right button here. Now, I've pushed it, Steve, but nothing's happening, is that? Got to hold it down. Oh, the light's on. Action. Uh, no, no. Uh, he's, he's always trying to be in control. Now, I just get organised here. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, how God uh, works, you know, various situations and um, the fact that uh, we have a, a very interesting text as our, uh, as our script for today. And uh, Proverbs 27, verse 1, Do not boast about tomorrow, as Sam just read to us, uh, for you do not know what a day will bring forth. It's a very interesting verse, particularly in light of Garth's announcement to us. Uh, the elders were aware uh, over the last couple of weeks we've been talking with Garth about uh, the time that they feel it's time for them to move on. And uh, that doesn't mean necessarily move on from here, but it's certainly uh, from the role of pastor. And as Garth said, he'll stay in that role until uh, January uh, next year at this stage and we will uh, look to the Lord for the next step in terms of who he might have in plan for us. Now I like change, especially when it affects other people. <laughs> I'm never, never so keen when it affects me of course, but uh, for us as a congregation we are a family uh, and uh, we, we have a great group of people who worship together here and we can have great confidence that God has the next step in mind for us, whatever that might be. Uh, interesting, I think, that God would uh, pick this verse as a text for today many weeks ago. This was chosen. This was not chosen in light of our message today or the, or, or the announcement from Garth, but it was, the subject was decided when we had no idea what God was planning to do in Garth and Melinda's life in 2014. Um, so that's great, isn't it? Because we get to look at this today and think about it and know that God has already been meshing together his plans, his purpose. One thing we do know for sure, God is always one step ahead of the game. Nothing ever takes him by surprise and uh, there are never any of those if-only moments with God. If only, God, if only Garth wasn't going to resign, God could be saying in heaven today. But it's, there's no if only moments because he already knew. And, uh, and so that's what gives us such great confidence, not to be concerned or worried about what the future might hold, but to know that God has already got it well in control for us. Uh, we can be confident and encouraged in the knowledge that God knows the next chapter for Garth and Melinda and I want to say to you today that he absolutely does and we've journeyed with these guys for many years, all those years through MMM's ministry and we are just as confident today that God has whatever that next step might be and uh, we'll be looking forward to knowing what it is and working with you on how that plays itself out. I want to say that the architect of the universe never builds stairways that lead nowhere. He's part of his plan and his purpose is always that he knows what he wants to do with his people. Uh, he has set the next chapter uh, for this church. He has it already in his hand. 
and how exciting to be part of what he's going to do with us as a family. Uh, It's been a great journey these last few years and it will be a wonderful journey into the future and uh, for the friends and people that we've not yet met that will come and be part of the church family here for whoever God will bring into our midst to lead us forward into the future. Uh, It's a a wonderful time of excitement and opportunity and that's how we all need to embrace it. Um, Life is brief. Um, I want to say that uh, not only does God have the next chapter for Garth and Melinda, the next chapter for the church clearly here, but I want to say today God has your best interests in his sights today, yesterday, tomorrow, the future, eternity. God always has the very best in mind for us as individuals. Never any different to that and that's exciting. So life is brief. If you're in your 20s, you can ask any older person here today and if you're in, already in perhaps your 80s, you will be well aware of how brief life is and how quickly it passes by. We know that Jesus had 33 years to finish his work. Our lives are only a a blink in the eye, uh, in the light of eternity and there will be many twists and turns in the path that we walk before we're safe in the home of heaven. But safe we will be one day, despite all the twists and the turns that might happen along the way. Uh, You may face many challenges and changes today. We don't know what tomorrow will bring uh, to us and as our work may finish at 30, 40, 60, we don't know. Uh, We don't know when God will finish one season of life for us and he will open another. James 4 uh, was read to us earlier by David and uh, I want to uh, think about some of the verses there for a few moments. Let me read them to you again in James 4 verse 13. It says this, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, we will spend a year there, we will carry on business, we will make money, while you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and we will do this or that. And as it is, you boast and brag, all such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good that he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. The passage reminds us that there is plenty going on today to focus on without being too overly concerned about tomorrow. In other words, every day has enough activity of its own not to be too concerned about what will happen tomorrow. Do you know that if you, um, if you are an average adult, an, an average, adult uh, average weight, uh, here is what you would accomplish in a 24-hour period. Your heart would beat 103,689 times. Your blood travels 270,369 kilometres. You breathe 23,040 times. You inhale 438 cubic feet of air. You eat 1.4 kilos or 1.47 kilos of food, some of us more, some of us less. 
uh, including uh, um, you drink 2.9 litres of liquid, you speak 4,800 words, probably some of them are not necessary to have been said. <laughs> you, move 7, 000, uh, sorry, you move 756 muscles, your nails grow 0.00046 of an inch, your hair grows, if you're fortunate enough to have your hair grow, uh, 0.0174 of an inch. And you exercise 7 million brain cells. Wow. No wonder we get tired every day, isn't it? All those things going on and we don't even plan them or do them. Uh, it has been said a day is a span of time that no one is wealthy enough to waste. The doors we open today uh, and close each day will uh, decide the lives that we live and the day will happen whether or not we get up to greet it. He who provides for this life but takes no care for eternity is wise for a moment but is a fool for eternity. You know what is strange? Day by day nothing seems to change and pretty soon everything is different. You don't think anything is happening but with the passing of time you realise you've come from here to there. And in this paragraph in James he gives us some advice regarding living each day to the full. First he reminds us of the futility of counting on the future. Look at what verse 13 says. It says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that, we'll spend a year there, we'll carry on business and we'll make money. Now this phrase James uses in verse 13, Now listen, is very interesting. It only occurs here. This is the only place in the Bible that this phrase is used in this manner. So in 66 books... 1,189 chapters, 31,102 verses. This is the one and only time that this phrase is used in this particular manner. Now listen. And I would say that's pretty good advice if that's the fact to take notice of what is said. It's a very pointed phrase that indicates the seriousness of what's to follow. James is saying, pay attention. Take special note of what I'm going to say. Stop getting around like you have all the time in the world. I've got news for you, you actually don't. No one knows how much time they have, how long their life will be. And in the context of this verse, James is primarily talking to wealthy merchants. Um, merchants that travelled all over the ancient world buying and selling um, in the major trade centres of the day. Because of the extensive shipping involvement it could easily take a year or two to set up a business. Pat's on a journey setting up a new business. It doesn't happen overnight, Pat, does it? I've just finished a three-unit townhouse development, two and a half years. When we went into the planning of that project, we were going to have it finished in 14 months. We were 18 months before the lovely council at Whitehorse gave us a permit. <laughs> and I was very patient. 
their big mistake, these merchants, was that, that not that they engaged in business. We all need to do that to survive. We all need to put food on the table. We all need to eat. We all need to provide for our families. We all need to make some provision for the future. Planning is not wrong in itself. Their big mistake was the presumption that they were counting on the future without any recognition that God was in control. As we reflect on Garth's announcement to us, you might think doom and gloom, all is, all is lost. But God is in control. And if we are naturally concerned and upset by the announcement, that's fair, that's fine, because we have a, an empathy and a feeling for one another. But if we're angry about it and think that what is going on, that's not right because God is in control and we have already acknowledged we want what God wants. These people were like a person that goes about buying a house, um, they go house hunting, they buy a house, they buy a new car, they plan for a trip and they've got no money. They find out that they're bankrupt. James says to these people, their business plan was very impressive. They thought they had everything figured out. I reckon, Pat, you would have been over your business plan many times, got it nailed down. Well, that's what these guys thought they had it nailed down. They had the when, it was going to be today or tomorrow. They had the where, this city or that city. They had the how, they were going to spend a year. They had the what, they were going to do business. They had the why, they were going to make money. But notice that in all of their planning, they left out the most important, the who. Uh, Planning is important, but planning without God is presumption. The Bible makes it very clear that the whole of our existence is a gift from God. From the day of our birth to the day of our death, we are blessed with the gift of life and it comes from God. Take encouragement today. If God had finished with you, and there was no more that God wanted to do in your life, you would not be here. He would have taken you home. There would be no need. But the fact that we are here today and found in this church, in this community, is because God still has work to do. It is a clear evidence that God still wants you uh, to be involved. I read a story about a farmer he, uh, I was telling Garth this yesterday because we, we went out uh, yesterday and uh, this farmer wanted to be a preacher and uh, he was not sure if it was God's will that he ought to be a preacher. So one day while he was working in the paddock he decided to sit down and have a rest under the tree and as he looked up into the sky he saw that the clouds seemed to form into two letters P and C. Now he thought about it and then he realised what P and C stood for. Preach Christ was his conviction. So he immediately jumped up, went, sold the farm, got rid of everything of the old life and set out about uh, preaching. He was convinced that this was what God was leading him to do. Unfortunately... He was a terrible preacher. (laughs) He really just didn't have it and it was awful. After enduring many of his preaching sessions, his long-suffering wife whispered in his ear one day, 
And she said to him, do you think those letters, P, C, that you saw, could have been God telling you, plant corn? (laughs) So be very, very careful that you do not read into a situation what is not there. Do not go off on a tangent when in actual fact God may not be in it. You have to take time to sort it out. Secondly, I want to refer to verse 14 and it reminds us of the frailty of life. Why, it says, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. These businessmen James refers to had made no allowance for unforeseen circumstance because they'd mistakenly thought that they would be around forever. Garth and Melinda's announcement to us reminds us that nothing is forever. Um, Things come and things go, change does and will take place. But God will not take us through a change in this church as a church family simply because he thought it was a good idea at the time but never gave much thought to it really. No, he has a plan and it's being worked out step by step and that's the exciting thing. Um, We are given two very significant reasons why we should never presume upon the future. The first is that life is unpredictable. We don't even know what might happen tonight, much less next week or next year. The truth is no one can predict the future. If you could, you would be God. Interesting really, uh, life is really just one big if. You know right in the middle of life, L-I-F-E, what is right in the middle? I-F, if. Life is very iffy. (laughs) Life changes and um, better to leave our lives in God's hands, I think, than in our own. Maybe um, it doesn't matter how you look at it, life can be iffy. Things don't always go as we would have hoped they would. But when we look back with hindsight, we look back and we see and we can see where we've come from to where we are and we can see God at work. I love that uh, wall hanging you see occasionally with the footprints in the sand and people speak about where there were no footprints and the, and the text will say, but that was a time that I carried you and you didn't know that I was there, but I was there and, and, and it's a great thought. So maybe that's why Solomon, who was the wisest man that ever lived, penned the words of today's text, Proverbs 27.1. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. And I also want to say that life is unmeasurable. Our lives are in the, are a, mist, a mist that appear for a little while and then they vanish. I, uh, I pinched this from Kim. Today, uh, as I was leaving home, Scripture says our lives are just a mist. Here for a little while, just a puff. 
and then they're gone. Very important, isn't it, how we live our lives? Just a puff. In in the terms of eternity, life, such a short span of time. We see it, then it's gone. Take a moment or two just to think about that. How quickly life passes us by. Only one life, soon be passed, so they say. Only what's done for Christ will last. It's the only thing that lasts for eternity. Garth and I went boating yesterday for, uh, for a short time in his new craft. We got back. Uh, as we chatted, I asked him uh, if the future was becoming clearer and he said he was not concerned about the future because God had always provided in the past so he would have great confidence in the future. The Bible talks about uh, human life using a variety of different descriptions. It says that our life is like a wind in Job 7 and 7. It says it's just a shadow in First Chronicles 29 and 15. It says it's nothing more than the width of a hand span in Psalm 39 and 5. It refers to it as a weaver's web in Isaiah 38 and 12. And it's just a breath in Psalm 39 also. Uh, life is unmeasurable. Think about this. A lightning bolt strikes, a strike lasts about 45 to 55 milliseconds. The average running shoe worn by an average runner on an average surface will last 550 to 800 kilometres. I'm sure you needed to know that, Chris. Uh, A black lead pencil can draw a line 4,000 to 7,000 feet long. A 100 watt incandescent bulb will last about 750 hours but a 25 watt bulb will last about 2,500 hours. So the moral of that story is have less wattage and the bulbs will last longer. (laughs) A teenager says tomorrow can't get here fast enough but a senior says tomorrow is here already. Uh, In Malawi the average lifespan is about 29 years. For most of us here in Australia, the average lifespan is 70 plus years. For some a little longer, for some a little less. So you see, some things can be measured, but life is unpredictable. I want my life, my future in safe hands. How about you? I want my life in God's hands. I want it in his hands because he is trustworthy because he is in control, because he knows what the future holds, because he knows what is best. So that's where our life needs to be. And thirdly, today's faith prepares us for tomorrow. Look at verse 15 and 16. Verse 15 says, Instead you ought to say, If it is the Lord's will, we will live or do this or do that. Verse 16 says, As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. Our faith tomorrow is only as good as it is today. We must, never, we must major on faith today so that faith will be adequate for tomorrow. I don't want you to panic, but there are only 72 days to Christmas, Kylie. <laughs> Some shops already have the Christmas de- uh, decorations up. Uh, At some stage we will all make plans and purchase things in advance so that on that day 
we can enjoy it with confidence. But there's a spiritual parallel here. The faith uh, we build today will help us face the uncertain future with confidence. Wise are those who involve God in their lives today. No amount of money or influence or power or planning can guarantee tomorrow. Only God can guarantee a sunrise or even a sunset. Only God can guarantee you your next breath. That's how dependent we are on God. That's why James says, instead of saying, I'm going to do this or that and make... uh, make this much money here and there, we should say if it is God's will for my life and God provides the opportunity, I will go here, I will do this, I will do that. It is not a case of repeating the words God willing after every sentence um, but it's a case of living with that type of attitude that says God willing is my attitude. If it is God's will, I will do this, I will do that. James is challenging us to demonstrate an attitude of submission to God to acknowledge that all of our life is to be lived out in recognition of the fact that God is sovereign and in charge of everything. He commands the future and I ought to allow him to run my life. This is the bottom line today. Question, have you given your life to God? Is Jesus Christ your Lord? Is he in control? Do you know for certain what will happen if your life was unexpectedly cut short today. Finally, I want to comment on verse 17. So then, if you know the good you ought to do and do not do it, you sin. Another question, do you know that you can sin by doing nothing? Someone said, procrastination is my sin, it brings me nothing but sorrow. I know that I should stop it so I will start tomorrow. Have you ever noticed that when you procrastinate doing the right thing, you inevitably end up doing the wrong thing? Knowing what should be done obligates a person to do it. The point is delayed obedience really is disobedience. James is reminding his readers that they ought to obey while they have the opportunity to obey. Life is too uncertain to live without faith. Remember Edward Burke's famous quote? He said this, The only thing necessary for triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. This quote has been stated so many times in so many ways over the years, but it does present a truth that endures. Doing nothing comes at a price. What if Abel never made a sacrifice? What if Noah never built a boat? What if Abraham decided to play it safe and stay in Ur of the Chaldeans? What if Moses decided it was better to live among the rich and famous in Pharaoh's household than to move out into the desert with the Israelites. The fear of what might or might not happen often immobilises us. It is faith that pushes us beyond those fears to accomplish what God wants for our lives. Hebrews 11.6 tells us that minus faith it is impossible to please God. 
Charles Stanley said, obey God and leave the consequences to him. If you obey God, then it's his problem, not yours, as to what the consequences are. So be warned today, opportunities do have, do not have a shelf life. Opportunities do not have a shelf life. They present themselves today and perhaps they are gone tomorrow. Our English word opportunity comes from the Latin means towards the port and it suggests of a a ship taking advantage of the wind and the tide to get arrived safely into the harbour. The brevity of life is a strong argument for making the best use of the opportunities that God gives us today. Let's embrace the wonder of trusting God to work out what the next step for this church is and what the next step for you personally might be in your life. God gives us wonderful opportunity. The challenge is not to be so concerned about uh, what will happen that it, it consumes our life but rather that we trust God, we move forward together and we know that in his time he will work out what is best. Bill Gaither, um, let me just read you a couple of verses from one of his songs, uh, penned these words, God sent his son, they called him Jesus, he came to love, heal and forgive, he lived and died to buy my pardon, an empty grave is there to prove my saviour lives and because he lives I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, life is worth the living just because he lives. And then one day I'll cross the river, I'll fight life's final war with pain and then as death gives way to victory, I'll see the lights of glory and I'll know he lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds the future, life is worth the living just because he lives. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word to our hearts today. Thank you, Father, that you have always got a plan and a purpose in mind. Nothing takes you by surprise. Nothing in our life that happens is, catches you off guard. And I am so grateful for that despite us and in spite of our imperfections and weaknesses, in spite of the fact that we have feet of clay, Father, we, we are weak at our very best. But we call on you today to help us, to have faith, to trust you, that you have a plan charted out for us individually. You have a plan charted out for Garth and Melinda and their family. You have a plan charted out for this church. And we want to walk in accordance with your plan. Father, there is no safer place for us to be than in the centre of your will and purposes in our life. So help us to move into this coming week absolutely confident that you are in control, trusting you for everything that will go before us this week. And so dismiss us with your blessing, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.